You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast. I hope you're continuing to keep yourselves and your families as safe as you possibly can. Now, for some workers, this is their fourth week of homeworking. And for others, this is their third week of being furloughed. Three weeks. And worryingly, there seems to be no end in sight with public health estimates suggesting that we could be in quarantine lockdown until May or even June of 2020. Now, every week, there are employment rights updates coming from central government. And so I try to focus the podcast on the most relevant parts of those updates so that you have some idea of how these updates are likely to impact you. Now, the employment rights information coming from central government has slowed somewhat, and that's understandable because it's kind of like the main sort of activity was when we were all going into that sort of immediate lockdown and there was a frenzy of activity to give us the information we needed to know. Now, because it's a bit of a frenzy, what tends to happen is that the information becomes more and more refined as more and more loopholes are found or more and more problems arise and then government have to go back, review the information and then come out with updates. And this is what we see every week. So this week's updates, they have slowed and they seem to be more of a mixture of avoidance of answering some questions, probably because there isn't an answer yet, whilst simultaneously addressing the gaps in previous announcements of help. And those gaps are usually highlighted following lobbies from workers' representatives whose members appear to have fallen through a gap between having no job and having no access to workers' support packages put out by government. Case in point, we are no further forward with guidance about what rate of pay will be applied to unused holidays of people who are currently on furloughed status. So, if you've got holiday outstanding that you should have taken, we know that you can carry that holiday forward But what if you wanted to take it? You never know. You might want to go on holiday from your kitchen to your living room or from your living room to your back garden. What rate of pay would you get? Would it be 80% or would it be 100% given those holidays have accrued in a period where you were being paid 100% of your wages? So we are still no further forward with this matter. The delay in putting forward that information is in stark contrast to the announcements about the ability to carry over 
your four weeks holiday at full pay for the next two years. If you have been prevented from taking those holidays by the impact of the coronavirus. As a furloughed worker, though, there's literally no update on the rates of pay for your holiday provision. And we're now into week three of furlough. We have moved on from the advice given in week one of the coronavirus employment rights update. And you can listen to that advice in episode eight of the podcast. Since episode eight, and we're now on to episode 10, what has changed is that we now know that even though you're on furloughed status, you still get continuity of employment, but you also continue to accrue holidays. And that has been made clear now. But in addition to accrual of holidays, in week three of furlough, we finally have guidance that furloughed workers can take their annual leave whilst they are furloughed. So that means even though you're on furlough, you can still take annual leave and you request that annual leave in the same way. But as I said earlier, there is no guidance regarding the rate of pay workers will receive and whether the rate of pay will be 100% of salary or the current 80% of furloughed status rate or whether the rate of pay will be set at a different level because of the mere fact that if you take holiday you can't go anywhere. It's not meaningful annual leave and the confusion goes on when we look at what's likely to happen when we come to the first bank holiday since the lockdown. The guidance on holidays suggests that workers should expect to receive normal pay during the bank holiday, whilst employers can ask workers to take a day's annual leave for that bank holiday. But whilst there's just expectation in the air, expectation that you'll receive normal pay for the bank holiday, an expectation from your employer that they can ask you to take a day's leave to cover that bank holiday or the two bank holidays because we have Good Friday and Easter Monday. No one is saying where the money will come from for employers to pay the full pay for the bank holidays of their staff. And no one is saying whether you'll get that in addition to your 80% or whether it will be part of your 80%. We don't have any guidance on that. Now, as the furloughed arrangements continue and workers become more and more agitated as school holidays and bank holidays come and go, because we don't know how long this thing is going to last, you're going to start to push into the traditional school holiday getaways and furloughed workers are going to raise more and more questions about what will happen to their bank holiday and holiday pay. So we have to hope that this question is answered in the next government update as we approach the big Easter weekend, which has two bank holidays. And if not, then at least before we come out of the other end of this quarantine lockdown, with the next bank holiday being the May Day bank holidays, where we have a bank holiday at the beginning and the end of May. And we'll continue to track this and update you 
in future episodes of the podcast. Now, in some better news, the government finally addressed the point I raised last week about workers who found themselves in between jobs because they had left one employer after the 28th of February but had not started working with a new employer before the government announced the furlough scheme. Previously, the government had announced that if workers had been made redundant after the 28th of February, their old employer could rescind the redundancy and rehire their workers and then immediately place them on furloughed status. And whilst this was a great move for workers who would otherwise not have had jobs to return to after lockdown, the opportunity to be rehired and then re-furloughed didn't address the concerns of workers who had formally ended their contracts with one employer but could not be rehired by their new employer because of the furloughed status of the new employer's workforce. There simply wasn't a company to go to. Now, the government have issued advice to say that in this latter case, that means if you find yourself in between employers, your old employer can take you back into their employment and immediately furlough you so that you can receive your 80% salary payments. There isn't any advice on what happens when things go back to normal, because remember, you've given your notice. But for now, at least there is some relief in that you can approach your old employer and ask them to rehire you, and then your employer can immediately place you on the furloughed scheme. That's the coronavirus job retention scheme. And so if you're in that position, then my advice is that you contact your old employer and ask them to rehire you and then place you on furlough. Now, in a bit of surprising news, there was a suggestion that even though you may be on furlough with your employer, If your employer is happy for you to do so, you can still look for work with a new employer and you can even get that job in principle whilst you remain on furlough with your old employer until you start your new job. The advice also suggests that once you're on furloughed status, you could alternatively transfer to your new job and continue on furloughed status with your new employer. Now, none of this has been set in stone, and the advice about being able to do this is founded as much on trying to interpret government advice in the widest possible sense, which is that of trying to create as much flexibility in the jobs market to suit the needs of the businesses we have after we come out of lockdown. Both of these matters are advances on previous advice and they spell great news for workers previously trapped in a space with no job and no furlough. But it's a bit of a funny one because it requires a great deal of understanding from your employer 
at a time when there is so much uncertainty in both the business and the jobs market. We've yet to see how this will play itself out. But nevertheless, the options are there if you have the support of your employer to move between employers whilst you're on furlough. In a further piece of good news, the furlough scheme has also been extended to include other types of workers not covered in the initial furlough plans. Workers who previously found themselves out of work due to childcare because school closures meant they were unable to work can now be furloughed rather than just laid off. The same opportunity also extends to workers who were forced into shielding statuses in their homes because they have underlying health conditions that put them at risk of catching the virus. If not being able to work because of shielding meant that you were laid off, you're now entitled to be furloughed by your employer and receive 80% of your salary. And the extension in the furlough scheme has also been applied to apprentices who are also now able to be furloughed and more importantly during their furlough periods can still continue with the training element of their apprenticeships as long as the training work they do is paid at national minimum wage levels and also that any work completed is still bound by the principle that the work must not provide services to or generate revenue for their employer. Now, it doesn't give any information about how that will work, except that some of the training for apprenticeships could be transferred to online learning opportunities. But nevertheless, it's still a positive thing because what it means is that apprenticeships will continue and those young people on those apprenticeships will continue with their learning and training programmes. And the final change in the government's weekly update is the extension of the pay-as-you-earn system to also include the furloughing of other types of contracted employees, like fixed-term workers whose contracts have been affected by the impact of the coronavirus. These workers can now have their contracts renewed or extended during the furlough period, which means that they too can also receive their furloughed salary during the lockdown period. Because technically, with an extension of contract, they will still be in employment with the company. And that allows companies to retain the quality contractors that they will likely need to lift their businesses out of the mothball status once we move out of furlough. Now, as the rate of coronavirus infections begins to slow down, we may begin to see the world of work start to grind its way back into operation. But until then... Government updates on employment generally tend to come out on a weekly basis and we will be here to report on those changes with a particular focus on how they impact on your employment rights. 
And as long as we're in furlough, then our podcasts will continue to report on these matters. Once we move back into normal working practices, then we will begin to resume our broadcasting schedule, focusing on all things happening in the world of work. So until then, we'll see you next week. Bye for now.